Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. All right, Christmas Eve Eve, and turn to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles. I don't have for you this morning prepared a Christmas sermon per se, but uh, it is still yet from the word of the Lord. First Chronicles 26, if you follow the Samuels and the Kings, you'll come to the Chronicles. If anybody, I know it's not every day we preach out of Chronicles, is it? Uh, here we are, though, this morning. Amen. First Chronicles 26, and I want to begin with verse, with verse 26 today. The Bible says, which Shilomith and his brethren were over all the treasures of the dedicated things, which David the king and the chief fathers, the captains over thousands and hundreds, the captains of the host had dedicated. Out of the spoils won in battles did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord. And all that Samuel the seer, and Saul the son of Kish, and Abner the son of Ner, and Joab the son of Zariah, had dedicated, and whatsoever had dedicated, and whosoever had dedicated anything, it was under the hand of Shilomith and of his brethren. For a little while this morning, I'd like to minister this subject matter trophies of war. Trophies of war. Will you help me this morning? We go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today. We have already entered to this place. God, with praise and worship, we have sung songs. God, we have extolled your name through those songs and hopefully uplifted your name. God, we have brought our prayers and our needs before you. We, God, have given, Lord Jesus, of the resources that you have given unto us. And now we come, Lord, to the ministry of your word. I pray, O oh God, let that word find me today. Let it, O oh Lord Jesus, prick me, Lord, in my heart and in my soul. God, I pray, Lord, that your people would make a connection, God, with your word this morning, God, that it would be breaths of life, God, unto them. Help us, Lord, today, God, grant us understanding and give me, O oh Lord, acceptable words, God, whereby, God, we can convey this word today and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Shake one or two hands before you're seated this morning. And you may be seated today. Everybody say trophies, trophies. of war. The recorder of Chronicles called them spoils won in battles. They've been referred to throughout history as booty, loot, prey, plunder. But in essence, they are the goods taken in battle by the victors. The American term of times past and times even present remains, though, trophies of war. They are a part of the celebration of victory. 
As a matter of fact, in many cases, looting is an opportunity to obtain treasures that otherwise you would not have been able to obtain. Per the famous quote of the New York Senator William Learned Macy back in the 1800s, he stated to the victor belongs the spoils. During recent times now in America, legislation on these war trophies may have discouraged many modern warriors from obtaining them at all because of all the litigation that you must go through in order to have them or take them on. However, there are still yet a faithful, there are still yet a few that emerge from their post of warfare, bearing mementos, if you will, of their courage, symbols of the heartache that they may have endured. As I quote, war trophies, he says, per se, are not against the law. Major Matthew W. Cord, the director of the Criminal Law Division for the Marine Corps base, said, he said, the definition of a war trophy is something we take from the enemy and not from the enemy personnel. And he says, when I say we, he says, I mean the Marine Corps. In other words, individuals do not take it. It's done as an institution, such as the Department of Navy or the Department of Defense. In other words, it is as though those tokens become a payment for the soldier's commitment. They are a testament, if you will, to their involvement and proofs of their victory. Victory that's not shared by them alone, but victory that is shared by the whole company that they are part of. Victory that is shared by their whole country. You can see languished fighters that march off a very tempered and battered battlefield and they have dirty faces. Their, their, their brows are filled with the sweat of their battle and they're holding in their hands foreign flags and, and battered helmets and tattered war maps and all of those things are nothing but trophies of war. Military historian Dr. Peter Caddick Adams said, as long as there are wars, trophies will be sought. They become the prized possessions, if you will, of family heirlooms that people pass down from generation to generation. That soldier unable to take his offspring or his descendant to that particular time or to that particular place, they can give them their trophy of war and the trophy within itself will be speak of their sacrifice and it will be speak of to their descendants of the present day hope and freedom that they have today and the glory of their nation will all be composed in just a little article, if you will, that is a trophy of war. It is the moment, ladies and gentlemen, that a soldier comes off the field carrying a spoiled from the battered war zone that that warrior becomes something more than just a warrior. He becomes a spoiler. Amen. He, like many other victors, will come off that field. Amen. And he will be victorious like every other individual. But he'll be more than just a victor. He'll have more than just a story, more than just a wound that may indicate what was taken from him. But he'll have the tangible evidences of what he took from the enemy being a trophy of war. I believe perhaps the Apostle Paul summarized it well in Romans 8, 38. Whenever he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Verse 37, he said, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In other words, Paul's saying, a, a church who he was writing to, make no bones about it. We have had our share of difficulty. We have had our share of heartache. We have had our share of struggle and battles and warfare and war zones. But whenever we emerged from the battlefield, we were more than just a conqueror. We were more than just a victor. We were spoilers. In other words, we did not leave there just victorious. Amen. But we left with something to show for it. We didn't just leave there, if you will, being able to throw the confetti of a victory won. But we brought something out of that place of our crucible of pain and warfare and heartache and struggle. We had something to show for where we've been, what we came through and what we conquered. Can someone say amen? I'm telling this crowd that are here today that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is interested in much more than just making you a victor, than just making you an overcomer, than just making you a conqueror. He wants to give you some spoils. He wants to give you some goods. He wants to give you some spiritual riches. Amen. From your warfares and from your battles and from your struggles and from your heartaches. Yes, he wants you to be victorious, but whenever the day's in the smoke clears. He wants you to have something that you can show forth that came out of that dilemma, that came out of that trial, that came out of that tribulation. He wants you to have some trophies of war. Some would say amen. God wants us to somehow come from the battlefield of our lives and our Christian lives with wagon loads of resources. I believe that what he was saying when Paul referred to that we are more than conquerors. I'm a conqueror, yes, but I'm more than that. I am a spoiler. Amen. If we endured the distress that Paul spoke of, amen, he's saying I didn't come off that field. I didn't abandon that field of labor without some treasure from that trouble. Someone say amen. Because I'm looking into the eyes today of people, whether they be young or whether they be old, whether they be new converts or where they've been around here for years, I'm looking into the eyes today of conquerors, Brother Terry. I'm looking into the eyes today of overcomers. There's some of you even this year that as I stare into your eyes this morning, I'm looking into the eyes of overcomers. I'm looking into the eyes of conquerors. Whenever I see the faces of the people that sit before me, I see the faces of people that know the meaning of the word fight, that know the meaning of the word battle. Amen. All too well. You fought physical disease. You fought financial distresses. You fought, if you will, depression. You fought dissolving marriages. You fought moments of isolation from your families. But I ask this crowd that's gathered here today, when is the last time that you were more than just a conqueror? When was the last time that you were more than just victorious? When was the last time that you were more than just an overcomer? In other words, when was the last time that you didn't just defeat a foe, but you came out and spoiled your foe? In our scripture text this morning, 
David is going to great lengths ensuring the order and the organization of the temple. He's given the assignments to the Levites and the priests. He's made up their job descriptions. He's divided up and made sure there are going to be singers and musicians that will be on a rotating schedule in their service to the temple of Solomon. He's setting the alarm system up, if you will, for the temple. He's putting porters and gatekeepers at every door on the outside and on the inside. Even men that are over the treasuries, if you will, of the temple. Not just the treasuries of the house of God, but he sets Shilomith over the treasury of the dedicated things. David's doing this before the temple ever stood. Before it was ever created. Before it ever stood there in the grandeur of what it was. He was organizing. He was ordering. He was preparing for the house of God. In all of his preparations, there were surpassed, listen to me now, concerning the material and the contents of the temple of Solomon. Amen. In all of his preparations, amen, there were unsurpassed amounts of gold and silver and brass and iron that he amassed. There were precious gemstones and quarried stones of every sort. There were treasured timbers such as cedar and fir and algum and olive woods. There were cloths that he had gathered running from linen to blue from scarlet to purple that he had grabbed not to mention the proportions of the corn and the wine and the oil that were gathered together for the structure all of this for the operation of the temple of Solomon David was very much so proactive about preparing for God's house that grand temple that there have been none like it since or before it but can I tell you today that David did not have these things as a natural product of just being David. He didn't have these things as a result of who he was. No, these things that David amassed and gathered, the gold, the silver, the iron, all of these things that he amassed were trophies of war. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles twenty two fourteen, 14, he says, now behold, everybody say, in my trouble, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold, a thousand thousand talents of silver, and of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance. Timber also and stone have I prepared that thou mayest add thereto. In other words, he's saying, I got some gold here, but this is for God's house. I got some silver here. That's for God's house. A little brass, a little iron. Here's some timber and stone. All of this is for God's house. But I prepared for all of this in the middle of my trouble. In other words, when I was on the battlefield and I was fighting against the enemy, whether it be Moabite, Ammonite, Amalek, it didn't matter. In the moment of that trouble, whenever I came from the field as a victor, I did not go home empty-handed. I didn't just have another little medallion to put on me or another little patch to put on my shoulder that said it was another victory won but I brought some of the loot and the plunder of the enemy that was his and that which I have taken from him as a trophy of war now I've given it unto the house of my God 
I'm telling the people today that listen, we were born for trouble, Job says. And so it's going to be a lot in our life. We're going to face a lot of it. But if you're going to face it and you're going to come through it victorious, don't leave your trouble without leaving with something in your hand. If it's going to cause you sleepless nights and if it's going to cause you to shed a lot of tears and if it's going to cause you to wring your hands and if it's going to cause worry to rise up inside of you, whenever the day is done and it's over, you need to come out of that battle and that situation with something to show for it. In other words, David was somehow conveying to the people, hey, these things that I have would not listen to me right now. They would not have been obtainable if I didn't seize the opportunity during my trouble. I wouldn't have this goat here today to give to God's house if I didn't have my trouble and seize an opportunity. There'd be no fir and cedar trees being able to be here for the house of God for me to dedicate today if I didn't get something out of what I went through. These things have only been obtainable because of my trouble and me seizing the opportunity in my trouble. And yes, I've been a man of war. And yes, I've seen much blood. But look at this. This is the brass that I got from the Edomites over there. You see over there, there's some of the brass that I got from the Moabites. Over there, you see that? That gold That gold came from the Philistines and the Amalekites. And you see that iron over there? That came from Syria. And you see that gold? That came from Hattie. Ezer, one of the kings all these people I had battle from but what I got that I gave to God came as trophies of war from every single one of those battles you know what David made it just a proper and a common thing that whenever he went to warfare and he fought a lot of battles that whenever he left he didn't just leave as a victor he left as a spoiler there's not too many battles that David did not enter into that he didn't come out with something in his hands I dare to say to this congregation this morning, there are too many battles we find ourselves that we're entering into and we're coming forth victorious, but we don't have anything in our hands. It's time for the church. It's time for the children of God to be more than conquerors. You need to be a spoiler. You need to come out with some trophies of war. That temple of Solomon these things were attributed to Temple of Solomon had always been doted over as being the most elaborate structure in the history of the world none to compare to it not before it, not since it stood in its class all, all of its own as a matter of fact the Bible states in 1 Chronicles 22.5 it says and David said Solomon my son is young and tender and the house that is to be builded, listen, for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical, of fame and of glory. Throughout all countries, I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. He says that house must be exceeding magnifical. That was accomplished. The temple of Solomon was exceeding magnifical. But listen, it couldn't be done just with common silver. It couldn't be done or accomplished with just common gold. 
although they would amass just these common metals and materials in unfathomable amounts, the temple would have never been exceedingly magnificent just with common silver and common gold. It could only be accomplished by utilizing trophies of war. I believe whenever David said it must be exceeding magnificent, it wasn't so much just the material that was involved in it, but the whole reasoning that the material that would be involved in it would be trophies from battles that the children of Israel had found themselves in and came out victorious with spoils in their hands. Many, if not most, of the furnishings of the temple of Solomon were trophies. You can read of war. Amen. If I could say it like this and bring it full circle for us today, the house of God, that place of worship, the temple of the Most High, was constituted out of Israel's conflicts. It came together and it was erected and existed because the children of Israel had went through some conflicts and some troubles and some trials and some battles. If I could say it like this this morning, when the people beheld the temple of Solomon in their eyes, they beheld a monument of victory. Hallelujah, that stood before them. When they looked at their church, they seen a victorious church. It's a glorious church because it's a victorious church. When the people looked upon that temple, the exceeding magnificence that it had of the silver and the gold all of that was surpassed because when they looked at the temple it was more than just gold that they seen Whenever they looked at the brazen labor it was more than just brass that they seen it was more than just iron or silver but whenever they looked at it they said we overcame the Ammonites there Whenever they looked at this piece they said we overcame the Philistines there when they looked at this piece over here they said that's where we overcame King Hadadezer when they looked over there they said that's where we overcame the Ammonite and the Moabite right over I'm telling you today, the modern day church should be no different. Whenever you look at your house of God, whenever you look at that sanctuary that you enter into, you don't need to see the timber, the carpet, the drywall. What you need to see is trophies of war. Is that where that's where that one person overcame cancer? That's where that other one overcame an addiction. That's where that other one overcame financial difficulty. You need to be able to see the trophies. What made the church exceeding magnificent were the trophies of war, the things that they brought out of their battle and their conflicts. That temple's comprised of the spoils. That temple is comprised of the plundering. Those are trophies of war. David not seeing the capstone of all things of the completion that there would be generations that follow that whenever that temple in its elaborate splendor was never another one like it you know I believe there was never another temple like Solomon's temple because there was a never another temple that had the involvement of so much trophies of war in its composition as Solomon's temple According to David's plan, he said the house of the Lord 
was to be maintained, repaired, if you will, strengthened, consolidated by the trophies of war. He said in our scripture setting, Shiloh myth, you're over the dedicated things. The dedicated things are out of the spoils. Won in battles. Did they dedicate for the purpose to maintain the house of the Lord? In other words, David says, there's still going to be other battles fought. There's still going to be other enemies. You're still going to come out as conquerors, but come out more than just a conqueror. Still spoil them. Because the spoils then you're going to dedicate to God's house for its repair, for its maintenance. In other words, the battles that you still win now are going to be used to keeping the temple in its original splendor. That's what those trophies of war are going to do now. I've submitted some for building a temple. But what you come out of your battles with are going to maintain it in its great splendor. Going to maintain it in its original origin of strength and glory. Folks, it is possible today. It is possible today to be victorious and never make a contribution to the original splendor of the church. But those who exit their trial with a trove of treasure strengthen this organism that we call the church. And dare I say, it's more meaningful to those who have dedicated their trophies of war. Because having not contributed any trophy of war or went through my battle and conflict and came out with any trophy to contribute, then when I go to God's house, I see everybody else's victories. But there's nothing there bespeaking of my personal victories. And so I grow disconnected with that house. But if I come through the pain like this couple's come through, they need not come through this year at the end without something in their hand. And turn that back around and give it to God's house. Because then every time you go there, you're going to see that's where I almost died. But I'm alive. That's where my son almost lost his life. But he's alive. And there's a little glittering splendor that come with the trophies, if you will, of war. When I look at the church, I see more than people. I see trophies. I see more than individuals in flesh and blood. Sister Craig, I see trophies. I see the cancer survivors. I see the reunited prodigals. I see the suicide attempt survivors. Hear me right now. I see them. And perhaps Paul stated it again very well in the book of Romans 5 and 3. He said not only so. He says but we glory. Everybody say glory. We glory in tribulation also. How in the world Paul can you say you glory in tribulation? He's saying I glory in tribulation because I don't intend 
on just being a victor in this battle. I intend on being a spoiler in this battle. And I know that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope that I need not be ashamed. You know what Paul was saying? I glory in tribulation because I'm getting something out of this. I got a treasure of war called patience. I got a treasure of war called experience. I got a treasure of war called hope. I got a treasure of war called no shame. And I'm contributing all that back to God's house to keep it in its original splendor. God's promise to Abraham when he had first come out of Earth Chaldees was that he would have a seed someday. It would be a stranger in a land not his own. He told Abram that how that seed would seed would serve and be afflicted for four hundred years. But God told him in Genesis that whenever I take them out of the land they will come out with great substance they're going to come out of Egypt they're going to come out 400 long years of bondage with great substance Jacob and his family went into Egypt with a meager amount of goods but when they left 400 years later the Bible says they spoiled they spoiled the Egyptians God told Moses Moses whenever I deliver you and the chosen people out of this trouble that they've been a part of for generations he says ye shall not go empty in other words you're leaving more than just a conqueror. You're leaving more than just a victor. You're leaving more than just an overcomer. You shall not go empty. And the Bible says they would come out of there with jewels of silver and gold and raiment. It was as though what they left bondage with, what they left Egypt with, what they left those 400 years of trouble with was a payment for everything they had endured during all those generations. Moses told them to borrow these things from their neighbors. Moses' plea to the people was, don't leave this place that's been a heavy oppression in your life that's been a heavy burden in your life to you and your family for generations without spoiling it don't let it have subtract the years from your life and you not to have subtract something from it by the time you left you leave as not just a conqueror you be a don't leave it don't leave it if it's been so heavy upon you, you leave there with something in your hand. Don't just be delivered from that place. Take something with you as a physical payment for your long struggle. I dare to say that sometimes we're so eager to get the battle over with and get out of it that we don't leave with anything from it. I understand. I could understand some of those kids 
that were about ready to leave Egypt that seen mom and dad die there. Grandma and grandpa die there. Oh, they, in their captivity, in their bondage. I can imagine some of those kids. You're saying we can go? We out of here. I mean, most already told them, eat, you know, eat with your shoes on and, your, you know, everything girded, be ready. We don't know when it's going to be time to go and you need to be ready. And I can imagine they're just saying, Moses, you just start to breathe it and we're out of here. We've had enough of this stuff. But he knew the eagerness of them to get out of where they've been. So he had to give them the command, don't you leave here though empty-handed. Go to some of those enemies' homes and get their gold, get their silver, get their jewels, get their raiment. I know you're eager to get, get out of here, but you'll be no better off than if you get out of here if you take something with you and don't just leave everything behind. You need to leave out of here with some trophies. You got stripes on your back, yeah. Yeah, you got abrasions on your body. But that just tells of what they took from you. You need to come out of here with something that says this is what I took from them. I hope this is resonating with somebody today. And so Moses would summon, summon the people. And he would tell them after their deliverance later in the wilderness that God wanted to build a sanctuary so he could commune with them. The Bible says that the people willingly brought offerings to supply some of the material needed for the tabernacle. The pattern that was given to Moses. We don't look at it often, but even the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle in the wilderness, some of its supplies that were brought were bracelets and rings and tablets, jewels of gold, silver, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, Goat's hair, red skins of rams, badger skins. All these things. Do you think those people just had most, if not all, those things just because of who they were as far as people being shepherds? Uh-uh. You know where that came from? Whenever their families left a long trial, they didn't leave empty-handed. They spoiled. You know what they were rendering to Moses whenever it was needed and necessary that they willingly brought? They said, hey, you need to build God's house. There won't be anything there to build God's house. And this right here, what is that? That's a trophy. That's a trophy of war. Because then whenever they approached that holy place, what they seen were 400 years of bondage that were made possible of deliverance by the hand of their God. When they approached the house of God, they seen their own redemption. When they approached the house of God, they seen the hand of God that dried up 400 years of tears, 400 years of beating, 400 years of sorrow, because they said, here's a trophy for God's house. I'm dedicating it to God's house. 
folks this was a common practice all the way back during the time of Abraham amen people at different times had dedicated portions of their trophies and spoils from battles fought amen to the treasury in the house of the Lord the Bible speaks of a time that Abraham amen upon returning from a battle to go get Lot and some others had been taken from Sodom and Gomorrah and goods had been taken the Bible says Abraham comes back and he gives a tenth amen of the spoils to the king of Solomon he says I want this to go to the treasury of the house of God because whenever people see that house I want them to know amen that we didn't come out of there amen empty handed but we have some trophies of war the Bible says in that first defeat at Jericho although there all things were seemingly accursed the Bible plainly says that the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron from that battle that first victory in the land of promise were all dedicated and consecrated to the Lord trophies if you will of war for the purpose of the house of God someone say amen there's the story in the Old Testament scripture David's land of Ziklag, all of them been out fighting a battle. Ziklag is burned with fire. His wives are taken. The wives of all the soldiers are taken. They've been spoiled. David's consulting with God. God, should I go? Should I not go? God says go and you shall recover all. And we preach the idea and it's good to preach and I'm nothing against it. David going, he and his man, and they do in fact recover all. They do. If you remember, though, there were a band of men that went with him and a band of men that stayed home with the other stuff that was untattered with. And as they come back home, they didn't just come back with all of their wives and their children and their goods. The Bible says they came back with spoils. Hear me today. They didn't just go get what was theirs. They came back with spoils. And the question is even being, well, should the spoils just belong to those who go to war or should we divide it even among? David says, we're going to give it to the ones that stayed home with the stuff. We're going to give it to the people that went with war. Amen. All these spoils we're going to distribute. And if you read the last, amen, few verses of 1 Samuel 30 where this story is told, here's David. Man, can you see these people? Look at this. They recovered. Oh, there was a lot taken from them. Man, they got livestock. They, they got their wives and children. They got goods. Man, they probably got wagons. They're probably some of them. Man, you know, they're coming... Where, man, what's with old Henry over there? What's going on? Man, he must got hurt. No, he's not hurt. He's just got so many spoils. Well, what's he doing? Man, you see that pot that he's got in his hand? You see that basin over there? Whoa, easy. What's going on? Man, what you got there? I got some, I got some trophies of war. Man, I wish to God there's some people coming out of their battles looking at this. And it's not because of an injury, but because you got some trophies in your hand. What, what are we going to do with all that, David? You look at the last few verses. He gives some to that city and that town and that city. But do you know the very first place that David gives some spoils? He gives it to Bethel. He gives it to the house of God. Honey, I got to give back to God's house what I got out of this conflict. I learned something from this. I got some experience. From it is a tragedy for us to go through times of conflict, even maybe make mistakes and not learn something from it. You need to take something out of that. You need to take something out of that. Even later in history, under the reign of Hezekiah, among the contributions that were given to God's house, tithes, it's great, offerings, wonderful. Thirdly, 
dedicated things. What's those, Hezekiah? Those are trophies of war. Do you stand with me today? Brother McGee just made a big deal about nothing today on this Christmas Eve Eve. I think not. Because the one who is leading me and is my example. The Bible states him going to a cruel cross. Taking the handwritings of the ordinances that were written against us. Nailing them to the cross. Blotting them out. Taking them out of the way. And the next verse says in Colossians 2.15. And having spoiled. Having spoiled. Principality. And powers. He made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What are you saying? I say in Jesus' struggle on the cross, he didn't just leave there just as a victor, but he came forth with some spoils. In so much of the book of Revelation 1:18 states these words: Jesus speaking, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen. And have, what? The keys of hell and of death. What you jangling around there in your hands, Jesus? Trophy of war. Trophy of war. Look at the cross. Look at the nail prints in my hands and look where the, the spear went through my side. That's some things they did to me, but looky right here, boys. Mm, here's a little trophy here. Here's a little trophy here. And the church is a glorious church because if you're born again of the water and spirit, death doesn't have a hold over you anymore. Whenever I look at the church, if you're born again of the water and the spirit and that same spirit of God dwells inside of you, hell doesn't have a hold over you anymore. It's a trophy of war. It's a trophy of the church. It keeps the church in its original splendor and magnificence. So as we leave this year and we embark on another year, let me be the prophet of doom, gloom, and despair. Some people are taking a deep breath right now. You're going to have trouble this year. But whenever you get up from where you are and the flag of victory is flowing, don't forget to come out with some spoil. And God's house will become more glorious to you whenever you dedicate those things. And you can relive in your life and the life of your families. And say, so you see that arch right there over there at God's house? That's when we didn't have food on our table. But out of nowhere, there was a knock on the door. And there was groceries on the mat. That's that. I'll bring Mariah and Trevor up there and say, you see that stone of gold right there? That's a trophy of war. That's when me and your mama was evangelizing. For the first time in the state of Florida, we had $600 of income tax that was due. And we didn't have the money the day before. But God granted us and we overnighted and paid the deal, bill. That's what that goes about. 
I talk about things along those lines. You see that little labor over there, the brass from that? Honey, that's whenever we left, had been home for a couple of weeks and we left to go preaching and we had bills that amounted up to almost $1,000 and we were just preaching at one church but God by virtue of them blessed us and he supplied the exact money we needed for the bills that were laying on the table. What was that? Let me tell you, that's a trophy of war. Yeah, we were fearful. Yeah, we were a little bit faint-hearted but we didn't leave the atmosphere of that battle without a trophy in our head. And we said, here you go, God. I want to maintain. I want to repair the temple. Keep it in its splendor. Don't let it grow dilapidated. You have stories the same. You have stories the same. Come out of your battles. Come out of your conflicts with something in your hand, church people. Come out of your times of woe and discouragement with something in your hands. Come through your surgeries with something in your hands. Come, come out of those insurmountable odds with something in your hands. Spoil it. Trophies of war. If we bow our heads in this place today. Bow our heads in this place today. <sighs> oh God church if we could just begin praying these altars are open there may be some of you that's in the middle of a struggle right now maybe it's already been long and it's been tiresome and perhaps you think God it's never going to end but my advice to you is if and when it does end don't come out of there empty handed don't come out of there empty handed because the quotation is still true the spoil belongs to the victors the spoil belongs to the victors hallelujah some of you have endured a very long year you better leave this year with something in your hand you better leave this year having spoiled something you better leave this year having plundered something don't just come forth with what it's done to you you come forth with what you have done unto it come forth with some spoils some trophies of war God I'm talking to you right now Lord God I'm thankful Lord Jesus for what you've done in my life I want Lord whenever I look at your church whenever I look at this institution whenever I look at this thing called the church I want to see Lord God the battles that have been won whenever I look at the church Lord I want it to be a monument of victory I don't want it just to be material that holds no significance in my life I want it to be monuments Lord of victory not just of my own but of my brothers and my sisters in Christ as a church overall God I pray oh Lord I want to spoil my adversary I want to dedicate those things to God's house for it for its repair, for its splendor, for its grandeur. God help me have a trophy of war, a trophy of war, a trophy of war. God, I want to align. I want to align the sanctuary with those trophies. I want them to be there, God, when there's a breach in the wall of the church, God, that we can get one of those old trophies. God, that's a testament to a battle won, a victory given. Lord, and we need to repair it, keep it in its splendor. The splendor of the church is seen in how she responds during her difficult times. The splendor of the church is seen in how you manage during the times of your woe and the times of your sorrow. That's what gives the church its splendor. That's what gives the church that magnificent glory Glory. It's how you respond during your difficult times. It's what you come out of your difficult times with. It's what type of substance you leave the calamity of your life that was long. It's what you come out of there with. Trophies. Trophies of war.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.